Alright, so Dan, uh, you have a great idea how to start off this episode. What were you, what were you just saying? Uh, I'm going to be doing laps, shuttle runs, up and down the room the whole time we do the episode. Is there any particular reason why you're doing that? No, just because, why not? It's episode 30, 83, so take it away, Dan. Thank you. I'll be doing a blink test. Okay. Beep! Okay, are you going to talk during it? or? You just... No, you stop. Okay. Um, by a blink test, do you mean... Every time you do a thing, you have to. When, every time it bleeps, you have to say something controversial, which I'll bleep out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Try it now. Three, two, one. <laughs> Wait until I get to the end of the room. Yeah. No. Oh my god! No, that's so bad. <laughs> oh my god. That's not okay. Good. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Just my idol. Oh my god. Matt's mum's kind of hot. <laughs> uh, wow. Wally, are you speechless? Yeah, I've run, out of, I've run out of controversial things to say. Oh, I've got stuff to say. Hold on. Okay, you start going. That story about... <laughs> funny. <laughs> Should we just do the whole podcast running up and down the room? Yeah, sure. That's, I'm not sure how much audio value it is, but... <laughs> well, this is a weird stuff. Yeah. And we can't actually put it that in. Oh, I will. Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Miss. Welcome to Miss. <sighs> Have a sip of water. Get your glass. Knock it. No, get your glass. Yeah? We're going to do the, the thing that couples do. When they, I'll put it in that hand. What? What are you putting in that hand? Oh, like that. So, can you explain it to the listener? We're going to... I don't know how you describe this. So, we kind of put our arms through together. We're going to drink a drink. We're kind of like in matrimony kind of thing. Do you feel closer to me now? <sighs> Never closer. <laughs> right, let's begin. And we're doing it totally naked as well. Yeah. So. Right, let's start. Like. Hello, and welcome to episode... 83! Yes, it is. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah, nice, good. And um, welcome to the show. Uh, this is Miss Podcast. I am a fan of Dan Rhodes, and I am also a fan of of myself. And you have to be your biggest fan, Matt. You have to be your biggest fan. <laughs> and who am I as a fan? Like, is anyone a fan of me? Who who introduce me? Introduce I me. probably know a few things. But your brother, he's a fan. And who, who My mum's a fan of yours. Who is he, who am I? Introduce me. Matt Hoss. There we go, yeah. Matt Hoss fan. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, slip broadcasting. Yeah. Who who other people like me as well? Not just... <laughs> <laughs> not uh, believe. That's her name. Believe. Sorry, not believe. Um, uh, but also, Your cat probably, li- probably likes you. Yeah, I think she'd like you. Although, we watched a movie last night, Matt, and um, she preferred me, didn't she? She was sat on your legs, and... I'm usually a reserved guy, and I'm quite chilled out, and the whole point of my Edinburgh show is to be happy and content with yourself, but I've never felt such a rage of bitterness and jealousy in my life. I was like, oh, that's where I fed you and showed you love, you sat on his fucking lap. Because so I was a new person, she yeah. was enjoying my, she did, my she, strokes. She, did she my enjoy? Uh, when you walked in yesterday, 
Dan, what did you, you say stuff controversial, i.e. the start of this episode. What thing did you say to my cat as soon as you walked through the door? I looked her dead in the eye, and I said, you disgust me. <laughs> that's, not, I, that's the only time I lost my call with Dan, by which I mean, don't say that. <laughs> by which I mean, yeah. So, but, Your cat welcomed me at the door. She greeted me, and you said, <laughs> I, said I hate everything about you. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, your cat's a nice, you've got a nice cat actually. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, she's, she's my, my bait, she's my, the first girl that really loves me. So, uh, But beyond that though, um, we did watch a film last night, and Dan, remember back last year we watched a very chilled out documentary. Really relaxing documentary. Yeah, and we, we, don't, we don't like to watch, we, we don't really watch... Serious films to go and do no. it, right? Because last year we watched a documentary about Fritzel, uh, and we talked about it for too long on the podcast. Too long! And we had too to edit it down, because it was about 25 minutes, <laughs> and it, it was not enjoyable. But now we obviously wouldn't do that again, but last night we watched what film, then? We watched First They Killed My Father. Which you can tell by the title, is a right bag of laughs. Right bag of laughs. Yeah, absolutely. What's it about, then? It's about the Cambodian genocide. Ooh, and how much of the population did they kill? Nearly 25%. Ooh, yeah. It's a really gag laugh a minute. Mm. Laugh a minute. <laughs> very good movie. It was a good movie, that's, uh, And, uh, yeah, very, very... Uh, and, Thought-provoking. And, yeah, and also, like, we... I wanted to watch a documentary last night, but you wanted to watch a film film. So but we that, picked one that was, like, a film based on real life and was kind of a documentary in the it, sense of... It, yeah. it was a real-life story. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really harrowing and haunting. That girl went through some... Yeah, a tough childhood. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of puts things into perspective because I felt like I had a tough childhood. Well, last night we were out in Darlington, mm. we were Friday mm. night, and I thought, like, oh, this is a bit rough. And I watched that film, I was like, yeah, Darlington probably. Worse. There were some rough people out in Darlington yesterday. Yeah, let me just talk you through that. Wait, so when I got off at the train station, at the end of the platform, as I got off the train, there was another person obviously waiting to get on the train that I just got off. It was going towards. And at the other end of the carriage, there was someone getting on the train, and he was like, And another guy was like, I can translate that to uh, Geordie French. Yeah, and another guy was like, They were really shouting, and I, that was so scary. And then we, um, we and then I went to use the toilet at the the train station, as I always do. And then, yeah, every time you're off the train, you don't go to the train. I always do toilet on the train, so I'm ready to go. But you're like, no, I'm going to go on the train. That's a really busy train. I don't want to use the toilet. Um, and then uh, there were four urinals, and I went to kind of like the end one. And then a guy came and used the one right next to me, oh, even though there weird. were two spare ones. That's that's not no, etiquette, that's, is that's it? That's psychopath behavior. You never, unless, you, unless it's the only one free, you never stand next to the person. That's Absolutely, fact. Absolutely, yeah. So that was a bit weird. He was like a that's a middle man. man. And then, oh. um, so then I left, and then what was the next weird thing that happened? Um, the next thing that happened was we saw a guy cross the road, but nearly get hit by a car. Oh, yeah. Because he couldn't do, wait two do, seconds for the green life. man to... Yeah. yeah. And also there was a... Uh, and his friends were very, also, I think they may have been on drugs, but yeah, I there, don't want to speculate. There was, a, there was a lady, just to give you a picture of... She was wearing pyjamas. Not just any, it was elf pyjama bottoms at five o'clock and eight. Uh, and for going out, I don't, I don't, I like, I'm a fan of pyjama bottoms, but going out in pyjama bottoms, that's. Yeah, on a but Friday night. I am, um, 
last oh two days ago I um well on Tuesday I was pulled over by the police uh, after a gig and because uh, I apparently didn't have my name on the insurance which I did so I had to drop off the the document at the police station and, oh because you were driving your mum's car yes yeah, yeah. and um and all when, fine oh all good actually when I, the police pulled me over and like I I'm quite a good guy because uh, I'm not edgy and no. I'm quite uh, I'm quite did strong. you panic a little bit. Not really. It's more like, oh, I don't know why they pulled me over, but uh, oh, shit. had you done something without realizing? No, they, they thought I might have been a drunk driver because I was uh, I was driving somewhere I didn't know, and like, the, the lanes got a bit weird. Okay. So they're like, oh, this guy's drunk. It's like, no, actually, bad, bad public layout actually. <laughs> and uh, but beyond that, they're like, uh, so they pulled me over, and they, I got really on really, I get on well with authority. I respond really. Yeah. I am subservient. And they said, is this your car? You said, no, it's my mum's, but I'm insured on yeah, it. And they yeah. said, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they didn't. So, so they, um, so I had the hands me in, but like also with the police officers so like I was so chummy with them that I was also like oh you know like uh, they said oh we're going to check your yeah, YouTube videos out afterwards I was like I'd rather you arrest me <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> honest to god yeah like there's some tripe on there like uh, and uh, yeah pretty, uh, so yeah did you have a good time with the police officer yeah we, we actually got on quite well and like I'm, I'm quite chilled out as it is um, cooperative stuff and that's what yeah. um, it, I learned on the podcast if you ever get pulled over just don't be actually just be as nice as possible and uh, yeah it'd, it'd make it ten times worse if you get angry at stuff uh, uh, or like you, you show any hostility but uh, um also, part of me, because I once dated the girl who worked for police, and I was kind of tempted to be like, oh, do you, uh, do you know? Because she was in the area, it's like, oh, do you, do you know her? And, uh, and, uh, but I thought, maybe not, because they might arrest me for <laughs> being creepy, so, uh, but just, but anyway, but, but beyond that, though, like, um, uh, I had to go to the police off- station, and it was in Darlington, and I, I, Was that, like, the next day you had to drop yeah, off? Yeah. Do you get, like, a given a certain amount of days to prove you? A week, yeah, 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 and otherwise it's an offence, uh. Uh, but, but uh, so I was in Darlington police station, and there was three guys that turned up after me, and they were, like, and they were wearing, uh, they were there to be cautioned, like official caution. Okay. Uh, as this guy was wearing like a blazer, and he goes, "Yeah, man, it's the best I've ever been dressed, Nick." Yeah, and like uh, the all the three guys, it was, uh, it was like in the afternoon, and like uh, <laughs> had a bottle of beer, and they did selfies in the police station. It's like, wow, it's the best we've ever looked at. And they're like, taking selfies and stuff like that. Then one of them started burping quite loudly and then talked about fisting for a bit. And I was like, I feel so beta male here. I'm just in the corner tweeting about all of this. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was very... Uh, it, I, I think Dalton has a certain charm to it. It does, yeah. Yeah, and also when we went to Nando's yesterday... Uh, uh, pe- there are people, people drinking alcohol outside but not any it's bottle of book fast and if that doesn't tell you what Darlington is I don't know what else will really honestly right outside the door to Hernandez yeah, well. it was very weird it, it was it's pretty grim I felt um, but anyway Dan um, uh, how, how have you been how's things pretty good Matt pretty good should we get on with the episode I do want to talk about you for a bit because I feel like I've talked a lot about me. I did a criminal offence the other day, didn't I? Did you? Yeah, I got fined for not using my Oyster card. Oh yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, you've such a, we, we are bad boys. God, aren't we? we are. What? Wow. When we first Woo! started, this, we were we were but podcasters. You drunkers. getting pulled over for having insurance that you actually had? <laughs> me getting done on a technical fault. Yeah. Mm, like, which I'll probably get the money back for because it's probably okay. Because oh. the guy said it was fine, but he has to fine me anyway. Oh wow, we're just we're pretty. Uh, oh yeah! Wow, wow. wow. We are the you know we we are the bad boys. Do you know what? When he was like, mate, I'm gonna have to take twenty pounds from you. Do you know what I said? What? 
I said, yeah, it's absolutely fine. Whoa, <laughs> what a lad. Yeah. I said, I appreciate you doing your job, sir. Yeah. That's how... Have I told you the time... Oh, I don't feel good about this, but, should... but I want... Don't tell the story I think you're going to tell. What? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I after seeing um, Matilda uh, in Edinburgh, I was uh, I basically got on the wrong train, and but uh, and Virgin were like, "Well, we're gonna have to charge you for a new ticket." Because I was like, "Well, there wasn't genuinely wasn't clear about what uh, what routes you could use." Yeah, yeah. and he goes, "Well, I'm sorry, you're gonna have to charge like fifty six quid for this." I was like, "Well, I don't have fifty six quid, so." It's the first time I had proper tantrums and stuff like that, and it didn't feel good, but I was trying to weigh out time and stuff yeah. like that. And eventually, after a very long, and I, you know, I started like in, not shouty, but very argumentative with this person. I was like, yeah, fine, just call the police. I was like really depressed at the time as well, so I was like, yeah, call the TFO and give a shit. I'd rather, like, I, I, I've killed myself now if you want. So I, I was really throwing all the cards out there as well, like, uh, I'm mentally unstable, <laughs> but it was more like, I'm so cheap, I don't want to pay for six pounds, but I will make a scene. Okay. But the worst thing is, a woman just before me got caught, uh, and she, she had the same thing. So they let me off eventually, uh, but they made her pay, and I felt quite bad about that. So oh, If you God. were that lady, uh, I'm sorry, uh, we'll pay, I'll, put, I'll give you 25 quid towards it. Well, mine was because I tapped on, but it hadn't registered that I tapped on. That's not fair, though, right? No, it's not. And he did say someone else on the same train as me had also had got on at the same station as me and had also been pulled up for not having a ticket but he charged him and then he was like well I'm also going to like yeah but I don't know he was like if I basically I think I have to appeal and then if it is proven that there was a technical fault mm-hmm. then I'll be okay but if not I mean for the sake of I mean is it 20 quid? 20 quid well, that's okay I mean, you know I mean, it's annoying it is what it is. But, but if it's any more than 20 quid it's going to it is what it is <sighs> but, I have a yeah. job it's fun Finally, with the bad boys of podcasting. Oh, Whoa. so bad. Let's, let's get a... St- Thank God the police didn't shake your boot, by the way. Good <laughs> God. That's the other story, yeah. That would have gone... Yeah. That would have gone south, huh? But you don't have to go to prison, so that's good. We're all good. Yeah, I... Uh, actually, uh, I might... How old would that have been if it actually turned out your mum hadn't put you on the insurance? Oh, I would have been mortified, yeah. I would have been... I would have panicked. <laughs> then, then, then the cooler. Because <laughs> I know I, I wouldn't be able to breathe. I don't think. It's like, oh, I, 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 I'm so. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help me. How would you think I was? Imagine that would make an incredible podcast though, if you had to do like two weeks in prison or however, because it wouldn't be a big sentence. But can you imagine? And can you imagine? <laughs> That would be a good episode back. Hey, how's your week, Matt? Oh yeah, this is <laughs> I did my week stint in prison. I don't think I'd cope in prison now. I no, think even I'd... for a week, you could do it for a week. No, I I, I think I I think I'd I I would either be broken by it or I would be like the alpha male. Where I'd be like I'd be like, hey, I'm running this joint now, you know, and mm. I'd be like, uh, I'll start a gang called the Hoss Hosters. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I imagine me with prison tattoos. Mm. I love the idea that you go to prison for like a couple of weeks for like a minor insurance and then you come back with <laughs> prison tattoos hey what did you do man well I murdered a kid how about you oh I forgot to do the insurance in my car <laughs> respect me please <laughs> <laughs> I've since paid it so it's absolutely fine but anyway. I don't know why I'm here it's really it's really a logistical error uh, want to a prison yeah I'm like joining cash yeah mm. Anyway, because um, uh, we're the bad boys of, uh, of podcasting, we're actually going to go and do the content. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, let's get on with it. Jingle. We should put a new jingle where we rap. We'll record that later. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. We should actually record a jingle later, though. Yeah, sure, yeah. So, yeah. We can actually write a beat for it as well. Yeah. So, welcome back to The Aeneid. This is part eight of The Aeneid. And Woo! We are going to be condensing two books into one because we don't want to. We don't want to go over like uh, we want, want to kind of simplify bits because there's some bits which are going to be quite boring. But we thought we're going to skip over those ASAP. Uh, so in the last episode, let's do a really quick uh, uh, recap. So um, Aeneas has left. Uh, um, he's arrived in Italy after all the adventure stories, and basically uh, a war's broken out. Queen Amata doesn't want it. Uh, there's also a guy called Turnus who's fighting against the fact that um, Aeneas is promised to Lavinia uh, by Queen Latinus and essentially the war's broken out between the Latins and, and the these Trojans new, and the arrival of the Trojans yeah. yeah but obviously it's all fated that it's all going to work out yeah, it's all going to work out fine. is that a good enough uh, recap? yeah that'll do okay Dan so um, uh, so what do you think is going to happen in the war? people are going to die Matt okay well let's find out Dan take it away Book 8 opens with Latin warriors pledging their support to Turnus, the person betrothed to the queen. Well, to the, to to the princess. princess. Aeneas is greatly troubled by this turn of events, and particularly by the fact that the dangerous Diomedes has been asked to support the Latin troops. That night, the river god Tiberius... Tiberius. River Tiber, of course. Yes. Um, that night, the river god Tiberius... You just said his name. Tiberius. 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 I think it's Tiber. I suppose it had Tiber. Tiberius. But Tiberius. Was it going Tiber- Ine then? Inus. Tiberius. Yeah, you're right. Tiber- yeah. Fuck you. That night, the river god Tiberius appears to Aeneas in a dream and tells him that he will see an omen of a white sow with thirty white suckling pigs to signify the location of Alba, the city that Ascanius will found. Tiber. <laughs> Fucking hell. Tiberius also tells Aeneas to help to seek help from King Evander and to pray to Juno to or, in order assuage. to assuage her anger. So he, I mean I got confused, but he's just walked in and been like, Oh you've got to do these two things. You've got to see a pig. Yeah, that's what I You've got to see a pig suck with loads of suckling piglets, and you've also got to se- seek out the help of a king. So an Alba Longa is a scanningus uh, uh, that's like the next step. But uh, King Evander is kind of the uh, uh, another Latin king. Uh, so the next day in the woods, Aeneas comes upon the very site that Tiberius had prophesied: the white cow and her sucklings. Wait, hold on. I thought it was a sow. I think it's a typo. It's a no. sow. S- wait, sow is a cow. S- right? Sow's a uh, pig. Look, white snow with thirty white suckling pigs. Yeah, so but it's... like maybe it's a cow but with suckling pigs. But why have they said sow then? But is sow definitely a pig? Sow's definitely a pig. I think it's a white sow. Let's say a white sow. Yeah, a sow is a female, like a, a, a mother pig. What's a female cow? Is it just a cow? It's just a cow, yeah. A sow cow. The white sow cow and her sucklings. Uh, he takes this as incontrovertible proof <laughs> that he and his companions are destined to build a great city in Latinum. And he sacrifices all the animals to Juno. Wow, okay. All the all the kids just dead. It's like wow, this what a beautiful sight. what a beautiful sight. These these young piglets suckling on the <gasps> sacrifice, 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 sacrifice. <laughs> that really made me sad. <laughs> I know it's a piece of fiction, but it just made me sad. 
In the film we watched last night, Matt, what, uh, there was a woman, she like hacks a snake to death and Matt got sad. And they skinned the snake. Mm. But my brain was like... And, and what, was the first, what was the first thing you said to these, these, these people, by the way? So, just a few context. Uh, so they... Um, they're like 10 years old. 10 years old. They've just survived bombings and, and genocide. And genocide. And they've barely been out of their lives. And they've killed a chicken and offered it to, as a group of, to, to eat. And because they're starving. And, and they killed a snake. And I was to like, eat because they're starving. And I was like, they have lost me at this point. I was on their side, but now fucking like, kill I, them. Kill them all. I've completely lost respect of these kids. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> Aeneas and his men then take off Evander's city, where they find the residents engaged in a ceremony honouring Hercules, who saved them from the horrible monster Cacus. Do you remember the Cacus story? What, what, do you remember the Cacus? No, probably one. Of, just a, some, another one of his many things. Well, basically, Cacus was this kind of monster dwelling, basically just. Just Rampage the city. Yeah. Although Evander's son, Pallas, instantly thinks that they are invaders and demonstrates his hot headedness. That's a really weird that they've done it all as one word. It's more like his fit of dash in it, it's yeah. a hot headedness. Uh, I'm not having a good time reading today. <laughs> Although Evander's son, Pallas, instantly thinks they're invaders and demonstrates his hot headedness by snatching up his weapons to meet them, Aeneas extends an olive branch and is welcomed warmly by Evander. He remembers King Priam and Anchises fondly. Evander pledges to support the Trojans and asks them to join in the celebrations. So they've done the two things he was meant to do before he founds the city. He's seen the suckling pigs and he's also met this guy Evander. Sure, and also we are introduced to Pallas, who is uh, Evander's son, and he'll be very important later on. After the ceremony, King Evander takes Aeneas on a walk and tells him about the origins of Latinum. Once the lawless home of fauns and nymphs, Order was established by Saturn, who was fleeing the wrath of Jove. On their walk, Evander points out a number of sites that would have been recognisable to Virgil's readers as important future locations. Evander takes them to his poor household and tells them not to feel bad about his poverty. So, so he's a porking. Yes, um, it sounds like saying porking. Uh, but uh, we're, yeah, so we've yeah, so basically at this point, it's just kind of like like. Oh, look at this famous thing. Look at that famous thing. That will be famous in the future. But it doesn't quite work. He says, that'll be famous in the future. It's like, how do you know about that? Anyway, meanwhile, Venus noticed the Latin uprising with alarm and asked her husband, Vulcan, to fashion Aeneas a set of weapons. Vulcan agrees to do what he can to help her son. So he orders the Cyclops, who work for him, to stop what they're doing and focus on Aeneas' weapons. It's going to be quite hard for Polyphemus because you can't see. Can't see, yeah. Um, also, do you know if there's any similarities happening by any chance? Do you remember that in... Um, I don't remember the Odyssey, no. In the Iliad, Hesphytus builds um, Achilles a set of armour. Oh, of course he does, war. yes. yeah. And also Achilles had a young protégé called... Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, he, uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, Patroclus. Uh, Patroclus, yeah, and, of course. But, uh, so that's similar to Pallas as well. Mm. So there's a lot, so again, more echoes here. <clears throat> At the same time, <laughs> Evander is telling Aeneas that he has slim means by which to help the Trojans himself, but he should seek aid from the Etruscans. For years, the Etruscans had suffered under the rule of the evil Mezentius, who is one of Turnus' allies. So they would welcome the opportunity to rise up against the former oppressor and bring him back to the land to be punished. Evander also entrusts his son Pallas to Aeneas, since Evander himself is too old and infirm to go to battle. 
Aeneas is initially wary of Evander's advice, but Venus sends crashing thunder and an image of weapons hanging in the sky that it as a sign to seek the help of the Etruscans. Okay, one question here, Dan. Why does everyone trust Aeneas instantly here? Because everyone does it so far, right? I'm struggling to know what kind of a person Aeneas is. I think he's a bit like... I think of him as a bit like a Jason. Mm. From Jason the Argonauts and the Iliad. Because Jason just kind of like... I don't think he had any... There was no proof of him actually having any form of really heroic qualities. He just seems to be a guy who's just kind of lucky. He seems to be... Not to make this into a class thing, but it seems to be, oh, he's one of the gods' son, uh, where he gets kind of everything thrown in. Yeah. I mean, he kind of gets a lot of... Yeah. Odysseus wasn't like that. He was genuinely cunning, he, yeah. cunning and clever, and he really had something about him. He had to make it something of himself. And Lewis, I feel like he's, he's a Jason, right? They just he's kinda... a Jason, but he's a nice guy, mm. I think. By the way, the reason we reference Jason is because Jason, in all of his journeys, and um, we realise if you actually go through it, he actually does nothing. He doesn't really do anything. <laughs> no, absolutely not. He's there. It's other people around him that actually he, kill the monsters and come up with the ideas. He's a bit like Dr. Watson in uh, Holmes books, because like, Holmes does all the hard work, and Watson's like, what? And writes everything down, and <laughs> yeah. then pretends he's important. Yeah. Aeneas picks the bravest of his men to travel with him to Agila, sending the rest back to camp with a message for Ascanius. With Pallas by his side, he meets with the Etruscans, who are led by King Tarkon. At their camp, Venus appears to him with Vulcan's weapons. Aeneas marvels over the extraordinary craftsmanship of the shield, which depicts Rome's brilliant future. The shield contains images of Romulus and Remus suffering at the teeth of a wolf and Augustus Caesar leading his men into battle, among others. The chapter ends with a promising image as Aeneas dons his new armour. Upon his shoulder, he lifts up the fame and the fate of his son's sons. Which is quite a good thing. Uh, however, uh, what, but what I kind of dislike is uh, the fact that it's just kind of... Um, it's like, hey Aeneas, there's all these things that n- n- you have no idea what it's about, but here's, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but what happens in book nine, Dan? We're going to quickly do book nine, because the book eight did not have a lot in it. Oh my good God. But here we go. This the next one's called Nices and uh, the other guy. So, here we go. Juno, determined to see the war between the Trojans and the Latins, begins in earnest, sends Iris to tell Turnus. I'll decide how it's pronounced. Iris. <laughs> Iris? You man, Iris? Try it again. Juno, determined to see the war between the Trojans and the Latins begin in earnest, sends Iris to tell Turnus to attack the Trojan camp. The Rotilians surprise the Trojans, who react in fear to the approaching mass of gloom and darkness. Ooh, yeah. Since Aeneas is not present, he's visiting the Etruscans, seeking their assistance in battle, the Trojans do as he had instructed, retreating behind their ramparts, even though they feel ashamed to do so. Turnus searches desperately for an entrance to the Trojan camp, but, unable to find one, decides to set fire to the Trojan fleet, as you do. Oh, I can't find the back door. I guess I'll burn it down. <laughs> the attack is unsuccessful. Years before, Jupiter's mother had... Oh, we're going way back. Years before, Jupiter's mother had given her pine, gro- had given her pine grove to Aeneas for wood to build his fleet, and in return she had asked Jupiter to promise that no harm would ever come to her precious timbers. Uh-oh. Although her questions were the... Although her, he questions whether mortals should be given immortal privileges, Jupiter keeps his promise to his mother and transforms the burning ships into sea nymphs who flee into the ocean depths. Okay. The Rotilians are struck by fear at this sight, but Turnus maintains total confidence in his ability to defeat Aeneas. 
He will not, he states, hide himself in the belly of a wooden horse to prove his superiority to the Trojans. He will meet them in broad daylight. Okay, there's a lot, a lot happened there. Yeah. A lot happened there. So, basically... A guy is trying to get into the camp. Fuck, I cannot get into this goddamn camp. I feel worthless and like a piece of shit. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a tantrum. I'm going to get set fire to all of their ships. So he sets fire to all of their ships and then he watches them transform into giant sea nymphs yeah. and disappear into the sea and he thinks, oh my good God. But he's like, yeah, normal day. The oh, sorry, everyone else thinks, oh my good God, I think we're out of our depth. And but he says, nah. nah yeah, he's, he's actually feeling quite com- quite the confident. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, well, I don't need a uh, bloody wooden horse. I'm going to meet him in broad daylight. He's a proper manly man. This That's also like a... It's a slight dig, isn't it? Like, ha, 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 the yeah. whole wooden horse thing. So, um, do you want to do this? So, the next two people is Nysus and Euryalus, who are two lovely little chaps. Nysus and Euryalus, who had engaged in the foot race, now bravely volunteer to carry word of the attack to Aeneas, who is still in Palantium. Is that like a Just radioactive... You- so it's actually the uh, Palace Hill, which is like a big place where in Roman times. Oh, uh, um, it's actually got a website, Plantium of Fish. It's a dating site. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? That was a good joke. I like that Get one. In. Although the sisters initially tries to dissuade Euralius. <laughs> try that again. Oh my god, try that again. You said both of the names wrong. Nysus. Yes. And Euralius. Euryalus. Euryalus. Again. Although Nysus initially tries to dissuade Euryalus from accompanying him, not wanting to put his friend in danger, Euryalus insists that he will have it no other way. Ascanius, struck by their courage, says that he will reward them richly upon their return, even though all that Euryalus asks is that his mother be provided for. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. So basically, Euryalus and Nysus have to go and send word to Aeneas because they're being attacked. Yeah, word to your mother. What? He's going to send word to his mother? Not to his mum, to his dad. It says, ask for his mother to be provided for. No, but like, no, Euryalus' mum, he just want payment, he just wants his mum to be cared for. Yeah. Word to your mother? No, but he's, they're sending word to Aeneas. Yeah. But you're sending word to his mother. Yeah. Are you just being annoying? <laughs> God. On the road, Nysus and Euryalus slay a number of Rutilians. Finally, however, they are spotted, and the Rutilian horsemen give chase through the forest. <gasps> Euryalus, laden with spoils from those he slaughtered, falls behind, and he is captured by Vulcans. I... Vulcans? Vulcans. He is captured by Vulcans, a Rutilian warrior. Nysus makes a brave effort to save his friend, hurling spears at Euryalus' captors. In revenge for the deaths, Vulcans, Vulcans kills Euryalus. I think he's quite bro- uh, brutal. I think he cuts off his head. So he's been captured by some guy and murdered. Yeah. So Nysus rushes uh, rushes at Vulcans in a rage and thrusts his sword through Vulcan's mouth, but is then slain by the other Rutilians. Oh, that's a cool little fight scene there. Yeah. <coughs> he's on the horse. He's laden, I might add, by things he's looted from the dead yeah, bodies. Yeah, that's a fucked up thing. So his horse is struggling. <laughs> he, he gets... <laughs> He gets, he gets. Why do you get? You don't need a set of armor. What are you talking about? He gets captured by a guy called Vulcans. Cool name, by the way. Vulcans. He's slain. His friend, Nissus, sees this, says, "No!" He's on his knees. You, my friend, he will be avenged. He runs at them. Ah! 
stabs him through the mouth. Out my mouth. <laughs> he's dead. But once he's done that, he then gets also surrounded and yeah. killed himself by the other warriors. And these are just two oh. nice boys who've just been killed. The bereaved Latin men carry Vulcans back to their camp. And then they place the heads of Nysus and Euryalus on pikes and parade them uh, before the Trojans, who are deeply grieved by the sight. So that's really fucked up. That's fucked up, yeah. And then we've seen that before as well, like, so heads on spikes, like, proper grim warfare. Rumor, the creature, carries word of Euryalus' death to his mother. Word to his mother? (laughs) (laughs) Who weeps so piteously that Trojans take her into their arms and carry her home. So what we see here is um, the effect of war on the people at home mm. and the peop- and on mothers and the people who are passive in war. So, mm. uh, so Loved ones. Yes, absolutely. And all the villagers that have to see a man's head on a spike. Yeah. It's not good for the crops, I'd say. Angered by the deaths of their friends, the Trojans returns the Latins' attacks and the battle begins in earnest. The next few pages describe great brutality. A war collapses, killing many Trojans, and Ascalius getting his first kill in battle. He slays Turnus' brother-in-law, Remulus, uh, because he has been mocking the Trojans. Uh, Apollo appears to Ascalius and tells him uh, that while he has done well, he should never engage in, never again engage in war, but instead must work to maintain peace. A lot of mixed messages here, yeah. I'd say. Finally, the Latins manage to beat down the gates to the Trojan camp, although the Trojans are able to keep them out, and Pandarus... That's a good name. Whoa, that's a good name. So, Pandarus. Where do you get your name from? Well, actually, I have quite a lot of black eyes, and I like to I only have sex every, uh, once every couple of years. Yeah, Pandarus. With superhuman efforts, swings the gate shut once again. Fair play. Several Trojans are left outside to battle the Latins, but Turnus... Had, had made it through the gate with the Trojans. He begins running rampant, killing all whom he encounters. Finally, Serestius and our oh, good God. Spell it out. M-N-E-S-T-H-E-U-S. Menestheus. Menestheus. Menestheus? Yeah. Finally, Serestius and Menestheus, who had engaged in the boat race, shame their companions for allowing one man to create such discord. I assume the boat race they're talking about is during the funeral games. Yeah, no, they didn't do it halfway through this. <laughs> the Trojans finally get the upper hand and begin to close in on Turnus. But Juno sends word to him that he must flee. He escapes by jumping into the Tiber River and allowing the current to carry him back to the Latin camp. Okay, so they have this... Thus bridge. ends book nine. Yes. Uh, so we have this big old battle on the bridge, which is a big day, uh, a lot of war going on. Obviously, we're doing a summary here, so we can't go into all the depths, but it goes into great detail in the epic. And uh, there's one point where, um, so Ascanius gets his first kill, but also Turnus is, um, um, you know, he survives by jumping off and escaping. So, so uh, are you enjoying it? Ooh. The Trojans and the Latins are fully at war now. Yeah, it's... It's all going down, but also people are dying, stuff like that. Yeah, it's interesting. Trojans have had a hard time recently. Yeah, it's, it's not been peachy for them, but this is their last kind of... Well, stand. Yeah. So, time to rank uh, the last two chapters. Here we go. Hey there, my name's Matt Huss, and in this link I have an American accent, and I advocate the safe use of Miss Podcasts. In small doses. Another grind rap for us there? Whoa, yeah. Uh, so Dan, uh, 
we do this in four categories: life skills, moral creativity, and WTF. And we rank it out of forty in ten um, out of ten for each category. So, life skills. What we got? I think a lot, a lot of we learned how to kill on the bridge. We learned how to kill generally. I think we learned a lot. Yeah, we learned how to kill. We learned how to stab someone in the mouth. We learned how to loot the bodies of people you've slain. We learned how to. <laughs> we learned how to send word to your mother. We learned how to. Um, Build armor. Build armor. We learned how to ride a horse. We got a tour through, um, through Rome. Rome. And what's going to be famous? Um, we learned how to turn into a nymph. We learned how to turn into a nymph, yeah. We learned how to fire to things. Yeah, we learned how to protect a ship. We learned... Um, we learned how to close oh, a gate. How to sacrifice a lot of baby babies. How to sacrifice a lot of baby piglets. You know what, Dan? I think it's quite a lot here. Yeah. I'm gonna we learned s- how to ask if, like, a king for help, Evander. Yes. Uh, we also learned... Was it Evander Holyfield? Uh, no. No. I don't know who that is. That's a boxer. No, that's why. <laughs> Evander's a cool name, though. Mm. Not as good as Pandarus. Pandarus. I think... Uh, we also, yeah, I think a lot here. Um, learned how to put a head on the spike. Yeah. I'm going to say, Dan, I'm going to go out on the limb and say eight or nine. I think a nine. Sure, a let's go for, let's go for nine. There's a lot going on. There's enough. probably loads of other things we we how, know we've missed too. How, how about ten? Is it ten? Do you know what it actually might be? Should we say ten? I don't know if this is an I don't know what is, you know. Yeah, what I mean? absolutely. I think of other things that have had a ten. This is yeah. Wow. Because there is a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. And both surreal and literal as well. Wow, so exciting. Morals, take us through. Look after your wood. Uh, Look in after your wood. To, and protect people. For... Don't. Mm, I don't know. Uh, stuff like with uh, scanning. It's, it's don't good. do too much stuff because you might get laid in and for die. Sure. And also, if your friend's about to be captured and killed, no point sacrificing yourself. Yeah. And also, the people that affect most are the people at home. Anymore. That's a good moral, actually. Like the mothers and the fathers and the sons oh. and husbands. And also, um, Uriah didn't want. Didn't want payment, but he wanted the mum to look after. Yeah, that's so, a nice moral. Yeah. yeah, we also we learned that um, with Escanius, it's not just about war; it's about peace as well. That's the most yeah. important thing. We learned that um, attack people on the bridge and jump off if you if you fail. Yeah. Uh, we learned that it's not okay to pray people's heads around on sticks, and also it's good to make friends like Aeneas. He's, mm. uh, and you know, it's it's good that. He can kind of make alliances and stuff like that. Also, with the gods for once have actually upheld their um, have upheld their like part of the bargain because he did act, Neptune did uh, Jupiter did actually for sure. protect the ships. Yeah, she asked. Imagine them actually going through with something. And also, Venus and Vulcan make him armor. And, yeah, uh, Juno is. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like. All good, really. Uh, so, but the main moral here is that war comes at a cost, not just to those who perish, but sure. to those who are at home. Uh, so, do you want to say what are you saying? Probably an eight. Yeah, let's go for eight. <laughs> yes, Dan, I like it. Creativity. Creativity. So we have. A lot of echoes to the Iliad here. Loads yeah. of Achilles, and we're making this Aeneas into a hero, but as we say, he's not quite a bland hero. No, I would say there's a lot of creativity here. 
I really got actually genuinely got a picture of what was happening. I really was picturing everything, particularly the um, what's his face, the guy that got captured and Nitus. Yeah, like those guys. I really pictured that. I really pictured them setting fire to the ships and then becoming like sea nymphs and disappearing, and the idea that the everyone in the army is like, oh my god, that was crazy. We should probably back down. But then you've got Tarnas who's like, no. We've yeah. still got this. And he's also... The guy who shuts the gate. I really picture that. Like, get half the army being shut out, half the army. And it's kind of like... It's not just Aeneas, but it's loads of other people who are having these heroic moments, especially yeah. in that bridge. Uh, and, yeah, it's kind of... I think it's a, a whole vivid picture. Carnage. It's carnage, but also we see it in such a... Um, We're seeing it in little pockets of the battlefield, like yeah. all these different battles that are being these fought. Great vignettes of um, Trojan... Yeah, just uh, battles, but with worthwhile stories. Like, uh, when Nysus and Euryalus, they die, but they have this kind of legacy with them mm. as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty good. Um, we also see future Rome as well. Propaganda and stuff yeah. like that. So, I'll make up... What, what are you thinking? Probably a seven. Yeah, we do have gods again. We uh, do. No monsters, but... I wouldn't say it has a huge narrative arc, because it was all... Quite a short space of time, but we do go to war. Yeah, yeah seven. I think seven's fair. Oh, it's a nice score, Dan. WTF? So uh, he killed all the pigs he came across. That was harsh. Sure. Yeah, uh, a guy was stabbed in the mouth. Yes, that was pretty harsh. Heads and spikes. Him getting. S- I keep mentioning this, but the fact that he was laid and down by the fact he'd robbed everyone, he killed. Yeah, yeah, I think that's funny. That's, <laughs> that's really funny. funny. But like, the, I feel bad for the horse. Like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Jesus, put that! You don't need the chalice. What? Why? Why are you bringing a wardrobe? Come on, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah um, that a guy's name is called Pandarus. Guy named Pandarus. The battle on the bridge. That's pretty messed. That's up. pretty messed up. And yeah. Turnus, who's this kind of manly man, he's he just kind of doesn't stand he lives another day Pandarus closed an unclosable gate by himself that was quite impressive yes um, we also see Ascanius kill for the first time and being told off for killing um, the idea that you set fire to a, to a bunch of boats and then they all turn into sea nymphs and disappear into the yeah, water for sure and, and you feel like well that was a weird and, an LSD trip yeah and like a lot of that stuff happens all the time also uh the fact that there's images in the sky, which means to me, oh yeah, probably get the Etruscans on board. Yeah. I'm going to say, it's quite some gruesome moments here, especially heads on spikes, I think. Yeah, that's pretty nice. And they're quite up. nice. I have a 7 or 8, I'd say. Probably a 7. I, I don't think it's as messed up as previous. As no, but there's a whole war though, right? And we're skipping over the details of lots of people dying. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, we are very much being quite. So, is that one worth an extra point? I don't know. Seven or eight? I think it's a seven. I really do. But it's a whole. War. I don't think a huge amount of things have been like properly, but not nothing crazy messed up. But like, I don't know. Yeah, seven. 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 Okay, perfect. So it's thirty-two. Wait, let me do the maths. I do this every time. So we had 10 plus 8 plus 7 plus 7 equals... Wait, isn't it? It's 32, isn't it? Yes. What did you say? You said 32. Thir- I thought you said 34. No. 32. That's a high score. That's good. Anything above 30 is, is high. And, uh, Dan, where can people find the league table online? 
Um, they can't right now because obviously it's constantly being updated. <laughs> but you can put the if you go into the Facebook page, Dan will put the updated list yeah, on there. Yeah, I'll put the list Yeah, I will do. You will definitely do it, right? Yeah, next time I edit a podcast. <laughs> you have literally one job. Actually, you have two jobs. And <laughs> I have two jobs. One of the, well, three jobs if you can't turn up. Well, what's the other job? You, you have to turn up. I have to turn up. Oh, um, I listen to the episodes to help you edit them. Well, I, I give, you get the final say and stuff. Yeah. But I do all the like work. Yeah. But I get the final That really sums up our relationship, actually, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, doesn't it just? Um, and I sometimes do the lead table. <laughs> no, no, you do the lead table when I ask you eight times. <laughs> anyway, you'll do it though, right? I will do it, And yeah. you can find that on the Miss Fan Club page on our Facebook group. You can join the group to send us messages as well. How else could you find us, Matt? You can find us on Miss Podcast at uh, Twitter and Facebook, and you can send us an email at misspodcast at gmail.com. We would want to hear from you guys. Um, we're going to be doing Norse Myths soon, so if you want to get suggestions in for there, we have no idea oh, where we're going to start. Yeah, we have literally no idea. So send us a message. Be good. And uh, you can also give us... Five stars on iTunes or any platform that you use. And also find us... Uh, uh, and just recommend this to a friend as well. That'd be great. Or give a donate to us as well through our Patreon on the link below. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. Hope you had a nice time. Um... Shall we finish the episode by doing some running bleak tests? Yeah, let's go. Bye! Okay, here we go. Um, uh, 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 that's actually quite a good guy! (laughs) (laughs) Shut up! You can't say that! Uh, 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 that's.